Just a note before we start. Our show talks about touchy subjects that may be difficult for some of our listeners. Take care of yourself. If you feel you need to seek help, see the links at the end of our show notes for resources. Welcome to Touchy Subjects, the podcast that aims to make those awkward conversations around domestic and sexual violence just a little less awkward. I'm Sean. I'm Allie. And I'm Sierra. And in today's episode, we're going to be discussing why women love true crime so much. Because it is October now, which means it's spooky season. And true (laughs) crime- The most wonderful time of the year. The most wonderful time of the year. Um, And true crime definitely is spooky. Very spooky. It's definitely something that once you get started on, you're just hooked. So with that, we're going to um, go through an article today that we found from BBC Radio's Women's Hour. Um, And this article is titled, True Crime, Five Reasons Why Women Love It. Um, So I'm going to read off a couple of, well, I'm going to read off all five of those reasons. And then Sean and Allie are going to go through um, and give us a little input about it. For a little bit of background, um, we all enjoy, I think, Sarah, you enjoy true crime every now and again, right? Yeah. Um, personally, I'm a huge true crime fan. Like, go, I go to Crime Con. I read all of the books, watch the movies. Um, it's been, a, it's been a, like a hobby of mine since I was a kid. My dad and I share this interest. And Sean, um, while he doesn't necessarily love true crime, he does love horror movies, Um, and so some of that is going to tie into what we're talking about today and for the rest of the month. So the very first reason why women love true crime is a fear of crime. I think that this makes sense, right? Like we know as women that we are taught to fear assaults. We're taught to fear violence. We're taught to fear, you know, fear crime itself. Um, and so the idea that women like true crime because it helps them, I don't know, maybe take control of that fear. Psychologically, it makes sense to me. That makes sense. Yeah. Especially like you said, Allie, thinking about how we tend to raise women in our societies that we raise them to be fearful, especially of people they don't know. And it gives that opportunity then to look at true crime and say, okay, so my fear isn't unfounded. I have a reason that this fear is a pres- is present. So this kind of like it helps justify the reason that they have that women would have this fear around crime is it's right in your face now. I think that the fear of crime kind of fits in too with um the whole fight or flight response. As I know when I'm watching it and even though it's terrifying, I still get that fight or flight response going off in my brain and that is like driving me to try to figure out, well, okay, if I was in this situation, what would I do? Um, Or try to use it to rationalize the situation or things like that. So um, I think that's the first thing that I think of, especially when we talk about loving this genre because we're afraid of it. It's kind of an interesting concept. I think the ironic thing is that for some women, it may be that like, you know, I want to I want to watch this because it can help me take control of it. But also 
it could be very well true that for others that watching true crime drives fear in real life. So it's kind of a juxtaposition of like, you know, maybe, maybe this is a way for, for women to feel in control, but for others, maybe it's, uh, you know, something that drives, um, anxiety and fear. Um, and it's also worth noting that when we're talking about this, this topic today, that women are not all one and the same, right? So there's no real one true answer for why women tend to like true crime more than men or why um, women are the the large majority of consumers of true crime media. Um, there's not one, one answer. Um, so for what might be true for me, why I love true crime might be different for Sierra or for other people. So just something to think about as we're, you know, going through these reasons. Yeah, and... Going then back to, again, like how we tend to raise women specifically is that we because we've raised them with that fear and we've also taught them then that sexual violence is something that they should be afraid of and is very real. And we know at least one in four women are going to be victims of it at some point during their lifetime or they're going to be victims of violence at some point. They in true crime, you get to see the crime happen. So you might be able to use it as kind of like a learning tool. So while you have the fear of crime, you're using the crime that you're experiencing on screen or hearing in a podcast and saying, okay, so this is what happened. So she got out this way. So this is how I could potentially do it. So it kind of, it's almost being used as like a learning tool to help survivability. That's a good point. It's interesting. All right. Moving on to the next one. We have compassion for victims. What do we think about that? This feels interesting to me. Um, because, um, because I think this is a little sexist, this reason, (laughs) um, because compassion is a human emotion and women are, I I suppose, socialized to be in more compassionate caregiving roles. Um, so I I don't know. I, I, I can understand where they're getting at, especially because most victims of homicide are women. So it's easier to identify, um, with a victim of homicide if you also identify with that gender. However, um, I think that emotional connection to human stories and human experiences can be felt by men and women. Um, so I think this is a little bit reductionist. Like it's just kind of like, oh, women women are more caretaking, so they have more compassion. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of that a little bit too um, no, defensively. No, I, I was like, no, I would agree. I think, though, with this one in particular, the compassion for victims is that, like you said, because women tend to be victims of, if there's going to be a victim of homicide, it tends to be a woman if it's in a like relationship-esque type of homicide. Whereas like men, when they're victims of homicide, it's not as personal of a connection to the person doing it. Well, yes, I might have said something that pissed some dude off, and that was the reason he killed me, so it's kind of personal. It's not on that relationship relationship level that it is when women tend to be victims of homicide. So I think it makes it easier for women as true crime fans to see like, oh, I can have compassion for that person because this is very much a betrayal of the trust in that relationship that this person is now going through because they're either been attacked by them or they've been murdered by their partner. Whereas men don't tend to be nearly as often killed by their partners. So it might make it a little bit easier for women to relate to that story. Yeah. 
Um, and I think this one, for some reason, this one sits kind of, it doesn't sit well with me. And another thing that I want to point out when we're talking about true crime, um, even though I'm a huge fan of the genre and um, I consume it very literally every day, there are limitations to it. And there are issues with the true crime genre itself. Um, mainly speaking is that most true crime media focuses on sensational crimes. Um, and these sensational crimes, most often the victims are white, middle-class women. And the perpetrators of those crimes are white, middle-class men. Um, of course, there's outliers in the true crime genre of cases that are explored that are not um, specifically that. But overall, true crime really is catered to this very specific population. And so when it's specifically catered to white middle-class women, um, it is easier for white middle-class women to have compassion and identify with those crime stories because they see themselves and their lived experiences in that, um, in, you know, in that story. But the, the truth is that most crime is not that type of crime. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, generally, so like you mentioned, my horror movie, like Knowledge and Love, is that <clears throat> you're going to take your most sensationalized stories and use them because that's what people want to watch. There's a reason that Norman Bates, Leatherface are all based off of the same real person, Ed Gein. It's because that was a crazy story. And you're able to take pieces of that character and then create him in multiple different ways that audiences still love. And like, I'm not going to listen to a pod. I wouldn't listen to a true crime podcast if it was like, well, the person got shot walking down the street and that was the crime. It's like, I want to know every detail. I would want to know every detail of that crime. I want to know the intricacies of the people's relationships and I want to see some crazy stuff. So if you think about all of this um, as it pertains to having compassion for victims, we really kind of get into this back in our media episodes, um, which if you haven't listened to, go back and do that. Um, but I mean, when you're consuming media, you want to consume something that is somewhat is somewhat relatable to you and that gets you interested. So um, if you can consume this media or watch true, true crime or read about it or um, whatever, I mean, just as humans, we want to put ourselves in into the story and be um, the main character. And so I think that's where a lot of the compassion comes from is because when you're when you're, you know, playing these things or when you're watching these things, um, you are your brain is telling you that they're happening to you. It's a good point, John. I was thinking back to um, one of our media episodes where you talked about how if men used a female um, character like in their video games they were more likely to have empathy for the women like if they were being called out or something like yeah. that it's like once you've put yourself in like a character's shoes it's like it's like what we tell kids it's like when they're growing up it's like put yourself in their shoes trying to figure out what's going on with them too it makes it easier to have empathy for that other person once you've quote unquote walked a mile in their shoes so it's like that example like the example in that episode is when men choose female cat avatars in video games like playing through world of warcraft and they play as a female character they can while not 
entirely the same experience some slight level of sexism by the other characters that are playing that video game with them. So they can at least start to develop some form of empathy towards women, which in true crime and in horror is going to be the same way. If you're constantly portraying characters in very specific ways, or you're only telling very specific crime stories, you're only getting a certain perspective so that it makes it more difficult to develop empathy then for the other side of it. All right, so if we're ready to move on, the third one is having a fascination with motives. Um, so I kind of relate to this one, and I don't know if what I'm about to say has any real-life bearing. Maybe it's just my experience, but when I think about like fascination with motives, I think of psychology, right? And I think of how when I was in college, the majority of my peers in my psychology classes were women. I don't know why that is. I don't know if that's a socialization thing. I don't know if that's a biological thing. Um, but there's something about a tendency maybe for women to, um, you know, be interested in psychology. Um, so I, I definitely identify with this. And this is one of the main reasons that I'm a huge true crime fan um, is because I don't identify with the impulses that most uh, perpetrators of violent crimes have. And I find it interesting and I'm curious why they have those impulses um, that quote unquote normal people don't have. Yeah. And I think with a fascination with motive too, it kind of harks back a little bit to the understanding of why someone's doing what they're doing in terms of a prevention mechanism for themselves is if they can understand what the person was going through or why the person did it, they might be able to use that like, oh, so I don't want to do this thing. Or if I am doing some of those things, like I need to stop because I don't want to get killed by my partner. Not saying it's a great thing to believe about your dating partner, but maybe that could be part of it. But also, it's really funny, like you mentioned, like, your like psychology class like being mostly like women and stuff is like I found myself also being in like a psychology class probably mostly women but I think my reason for I think that's one of the reasons I like horror movies so much is at least at specific at least specific horror movies like I love the Saw movies like absolutely love them and I love them specifically because of the main character and the villain and the reason for him doing things is so interesting and terrifying because it could really happen. Yeah, and you know, I think one of the classes and uh, that I remember anyways in college that did have maybe a, a more even mixture of male female um attendees was abnormal psychology. Um and so I I wonder, you know, if maybe that's just a human a shared human experience that this is something that that neurotypical individuals are curious about, like what makes people tick? Um, because I definitely don't remember that close to 50-50 ratio in any of my other psychology classes. Well, I have a thought about this too. When you were talking about, um, you know, your psychology classes and wanting to know why people are the way they are and things like that, I'm almost wondering if it's mostly females who are in these courses um, because they want that knowledge, um, because it gives them a sense of control. Um, because like we've mentioned earlier, it is 
girls are socialized to be afraid of everything and watch their surroundings always and um you know all of that kind of stuff that really just fits into it so it's kind of makes me wonder if um something intrinsically is just saying hey if you go and learn this about these serial killers or about these true crime uh murders or these kidnappings or whatever that if you have an understanding you might be able to outsmart the um the person who's perpetrating them that's a fascinating that's a fascinating theory and i know we talked about it with this first point but if we broaden that to like why women are more likely to go into professions like psychology um it's kind of sad you know it's kind of sad that maybe it's fear driven it makes sense it could be one theory, um, but part of me is like, no, that can't be the reason. Like, we have to have just some other reason to be interested in psychology. But it's very possible that it's just because or that it's partially because we're socialized to be afraid of the world. All right. So jumping into number four, we have true crime provides puzzles to work out. Hmm. This was the one when I asked my mom about this episode. That was one of them that she was like, that makes a lot of sense because she's like, actually, my mom said the exact same thing. Yeah, that's like I said um, in our in our chat, I asked my grandma because she watches and reads true crime every night before bed. And so I called her. I was like, Grandma, can I just ask you a weird question? And so I asked her and she's like, um, I kind of just like to try to figure out the mystery before the end so I can see what happens and see if I'm smart enough to figure it out and be a, t- a be a detective. That's funny. Yeah, this like this uh name of, you know, armchair detectives um is what the true crime community calls people who in some cases armchair detectives really do try to solve cases, um you know, especially unsolved ones. And in a I mean, there's quite a few um, situations, quite a few cases where armchair detectives have done work that has, in fact, brought justice to that case. So it's really interesting um, because this isn't even that much of a stretch. It, it's literally happened. I, this is another reason that I like true crime. I like putting things together. I like physically doing puzzles. I like playing puzzle games. And this is just another form of, um, you know, a a mind puzzle, I guess. And I would almost wonder too, if it, the solving the puzzle, at least in true crime connects in some way to being, to say like, okay, so I was able to solve this. I was able to figure out like why this guy did what he did. So I'm now prepared or I've proven to myself that I am prepared to be able to keep myself safe or not make the same quote unquote mistake that the victim in the true crime story made so that they would be a survivor. I think it's kind of interesting, too, because weren't there like board games and stuff like that when we were little kids that where we had to solve mysteries? Clue? Wasn't it called like Clue, Clue. or something Clue. Oh, like for that? sure. Yeah. Clue. Yeah, Clue is my favorite game, which I suppose <laughs> makes sense now. But it, totally, I mean, th- this um, this fascination with crime is definitely not new. However, with the invention, I guess maybe 
um, popularization of podcasts, the true crime genre has exploded. I mean, absolutely exploded. And so now it's just a little bit more accessible or a lot more accessible to us. But for sure, I mean, there was Clue. There's, you know, murder mystery parties have been around for God knows how long. Um, so this fascination has always been there. I just, I, I don't know. I I think that there's more avenues to, to consume true crime now. All right. Well, we are at number five, and that is the final one um, that we'll be discussing. But number five is escapism. Yeah, escape. I was going to say, mm. escapism is something I can definitely see. It's like, especially because if you enjoy true crime, like it gives you the ability to be able to just kind of like disconnect from your world for a while and go into something else, which is something that I'm sure I and a lot of other people can also relate to is not, maybe not with the true crime genre, but one of the reasons that I play video games so much is that it allows me to disconnect from the real world and go into a different scenario where I can just kind of ignore my real world problems and deal with the problems that are that I experience in the video game instead. Yeah, I think this is another one that's not uniquely female oriented. I think that everybody, all humans, regardless of gender identity, um, can relate to the need or, you know, want for this escapism. Um, And it's no different than, you know, for me, why do I prefer reading nonfiction books while one of my friends prefers reading fiction books? Like those are our avenues for escapism. I escape into a book about reality. They like to escape into a book about fiction. Um, so I think that this is maybe just a matter of each of our brains is a little bit different. And some people, their escapism tool is true crime. Or can be true. And I think if we were to try and figure out a connection here to make it specific then for women and true crime, it's that you're allowing yourself to escape into an area that is more comfortable or it's safer. Whereas you're able, like safer, talking about someone being murdered in true crime, but you're not the one being murdered. You're the one who you're able to experience the violence that you understand is very real for a lot of women and maybe even real for you as well. But you're experiencing it at a distance where it's safer. So then you're allowing yourself to gain a better understanding of the violence that you may have experienced in life or might eventually experience in life. For sure. So thank you all for listening today. Hopefully you liked this format of our episodes. We're going to do more episodes kind of like this just because it's really fun and it gives us the ability to use our knowledge of what we do for work, but also throw it onto things that we really enjoy. So hopefully you liked the episode. Um, if you did, please feel free to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, please feel free to rate us on Facebook as well, because you can rate us, um, preferably five stars. But if you rate us one star, <laughs> we will understand. Um, all of our ats are at Touchy Subs Pod, and you can feel free to email us any questions, comments, or concerns to Touchy Subjects Podcast at gmail.com. And in the meantime, don't be afraid to challenge, ask, and discuss when it comes to touchy subjects. <laughs>